Is the best of two pros in a cup of Joe with LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, and Jonas Knox on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome into your Monday. The week starts here. Uh, let's have some fun. What do you I'm guys running say? out of body parts to use, so yeah. before, before long, we're going to have to do it, and I'm going to have to dump it. You know, we're yeah. going to have to dump it. <laughs> we're getting to the end. Well, I mean, uh, speaking of bodies, I know you're a little, uh, you're fighting through the pain right yeah, now. Yeah, I'm a little yeah. sore, man. I, I, but I, I'm going to save it for the IR. Are we doing the oh, IR? Oh, yeah, good. Oh, right, very that's good. Right. I'm going right. to say that joint. I'm icing my back right now as we speak. Oh, a big slab no. of ice right on the spine. You yeah. some work, huh? I, 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 Look at you, I man. I mean, that too, Brady. That too. <laughs> yeah. I was just telling Jonas the magic happened this weekend, man. I felt like I was like... <laughs> I felt like I was dating again. It was weird. Hey, it was a weird place it, to be. It ain't as, I ain't as good as I once was, but I'm a good, as good once as I ever was. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I'm as good as I needed to be. How about uh, that? Uh, what are you guys talking about? Hip thrust. Um, Hip thrust. Right, Hip thrust. So, Come on. So, Base um, thrust. Speaking of good, uh, the LA Rams had a pretty good year. Uh, they are the Super Bowl champions, and there was a lot of speculation about uh, what the future would look like for the LA Rams, uh, and not just uh, whether or not um, you know anybody was going to go through and uh, see the timeline of tweets from the photographer that fell off the stage at the Super Bowl parade, uh, but we leave that alone for now because it apparently uh, things are good on the Sean McVay front. Sean McVay Hip thrust. looks Hip like thrust. he is uh, staying put uh, with the LA Rams. Uh, he uh, talked uh, and gave uh, the Rams uh, the heads up this weekend. Doesn't plan on going anywhere uh, according to Adam Schefter. Uh, the assumption is he's getting a raise. I haven't seen any numbers that have been thrown out there, but nonetheless, the Rams get their head coach back. Sean McVay is back with the LA Rams uh, as they try and repeat as Super Bowl champions. So there it is. Good for the Rams. Why are people doing like a victory lap? I told you so. He wasn't going to leave. I was like, well, there's a period of time where it looked like he he might. I mean, there's a reason why this thing dragged on for so long and there is speculation about it. I mean, it seems like there's some people who feel like they're doing a victory lap. The fact that he chose to stay instead of leave. Is that accurate? Yeah, it's yeah, it uh, th- there's people after the fact that are doing this whole thing. Uh, the well, you know, it, it was never a believable story to begin with. Uh, the fact Sean McVay would even entertain walking away was laughable. It doesn't even make any sense. All right, why did it take so long? Until you do it, yeah. right? Until you walk away and you do it. And let, let's be clear here: if you're getting offered almost what he's hundred million, yeah. So if if you're talking. Almost three times as much as he makes as a head coach to do less work. Like he right. made it very clear he wants, you know, there's this concept of faith, family, and and your job. And some people really kind of take that, that, you know, one of those categories or all very seriously. And sometimes one of the categories is more important than the other. He made it very clear that he wants to be able to spend time with with his family, proud of him. Uh, he wants to build a family, proud of that. Uh, and he wants to be able to spend time with that family. Got to love that. So if he's put himself in position where he can actually improve his pay, improve his economic and social status by what he's doing, and and now have the time to be able to spend with with his family during the course of the week leading up to when he has to work um 
if you're not thinking that he's taking that seriously, first of all, I think it's super bright. Whether he planned on doing it or not, it's super bright to even put it out there and see somebody possibly bite on it the way that Amazon did. So whether it's true all the way or not, it's it's out there. And now I wonder for somebody else, like, okay, well, if you're going to hire me because Sean McVay's off the, you know, if he's off the, the market now and you are offering him that, uh, well, um, what are you going to pay me? <laughs> right, yeah. right. I mean, it, it is kind of lighting in a bottle if he would have would have decided to jump, right? He just won the Super Bowl. He's, you know, been incredible so far as a head coach. It, it, it almost it reminds you a little bit of Madden. The only difference is I, I think Madden even had a longer, you know, tenure and, and track record of even success, uh, even as young as he was as a head coach. But it, it gave you that feel to it. I think the interesting thing about it is he's not even getting paid the equivalent to what Amazon offered him, uh, which was what five years, a hundred million. It's it's close, and he got a pay bump. You know, they they I think they doubled his pay to stay with LA. I, I just look at this and think, all right, so he's gonna he's got a contract to stay for another five years. I'm telling you, boys, I don't see him staying that long. No chance. I, I think if you're already contemplating it now, looking at the cap situation that they're in now, I think him definitively telling everyone, hey, I'm coming back, that may help some of these players now You know, say, okay, am I willing to take a little bit less? Or do I want to go into free agency and then just try to make as much as I can, given this might be my last big contract? You know, you, They're going to start contemplating those decisions now. Um, but it gives you a better chance to get Aaron Donald back. It gives you a better chance to get Odell and Von, you know, Von Miller and some of these other guys who are unrestricted free agents to come back, in the case of Donald, so he doesn't retire. You know, it gives you a better shot at that. I, I just, I, I think it's more tied to Matt Stafford. Hmm. I mean, those two in Cabo, Wabo, or whatever the heck they were down there, <laughs> they made that decision to kind of make this whole thing happen. And they made it happen. And they won a Super Bowl. I, I think there was, you know, th- there's, a, there's kind of an unwritten agreement or trust between those two where I think when Stafford decides to hang it up, I think that's when you'll see McVeigh hang it up. I, I think it's that sort of relationship, that sort of situation between those two. Uh, wow. I think he's out by 2025. I don't, th- I don't think he's the head coach. And I don't, I don't buy this that it was uh, just a ploy to get uh, the Rams to give him a raise. I think there was more to it. I think I absolutely believe just the timing of it. The fact that this stuff came out before the Super Bowl, I think he started talking out loud and he started saying some things, talking about his, his dad, his relationship with his grandfather was always away from football, started talking about family. It got away from him and he was having a serious discussion about it. And this idea that well, no, it was never, uh, you know, nobody should have ever ran with that story. There was nothing there. Why did it take him almost two weeks to make a final decision? And why did he have a meeting set up with Amazon next week? He was absolutely kicking the tires on this thing. Whether, absolutely. Whether he was using it for leverage or not, the Rams were going to have to talk to him about his contract. That That's one thing. Now, the question I would ask you guys is, do you think that the Amazon play – forced the Rams to give him more than what they would have offered him just winning the Super Bowl and he's returning back as the coach. Um yes. Yeah, probably. I'll, so, I'll, I'll say yes cuz let's just let's just be honest fellas, all right? When when you look at when when your woman decides to leave or she's trying to leave you at that very moment is when you're throwing out your best offer, yeah, right? I like like as a man, yeah. you got nothing else have, left. Whatever nothing that left. is coming, whatever comes out of your mouth, he won. 
Yeah, like, like <laughs> that is no, but that <laughs> is the last and the best offer the you can is make. Going to get you. <laughs> yeah. So, so Pac-Man, like that is <laughs> that's the last best offer you're going to be able to make in that instance. I, I think this was LA's best offer because uh, I I believe, and I, I don't know this for a fact now, but I think as solely the head coach, he's now the highest paid. Now you've got other coaches in Bill Belichick and and Pete Carroll who they. They oversee it all. I mean, in particular, Bill Belichick wears multiple hats. And I know Pete Carroll kind of has the power, even though John Schneider's the general manager. But it's ultimately Pete Carroll. You know, McVay and Sneed work you know, side by side. It's two separate deals. I think he's now solely the highest paid for a guy who's just being the head coach in all this. Hmm. Yeah, just looking at uh, and Belichick uh, is what uh, twelve, thirteen million a year. Like I keep getting no, different it's numbers. Closer to twenty. Yeah, see, it's I keep getting I, I keep getting different numbers to where uh, some stuff says it's like twelve, thirteen, then other people are saying that it's more. So that's why and and, yeah. none of, and the coaches' salaries don't count against the salary cap, correct? Correct. No, which is why again, if you're an owner and you really believe you've got a guy who makes a difference and can win, why not pay him as much as you need to? I mean, I don't care if it's fifteen, sixteen, eighteen, twenty million. If he helps you win a Super Bowl, what else matters? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, this is going to be uh, funny to see how this whole thing plays out, though, when it, when it comes to that roster. Because he, w- him putting Aaron Donald on the spot like that, um, th- I just wonder how that landed with other people. How it would have landed had Sean McVay put Aaron Donald on the spot like that and then decided, you know what, I'm going to go call games <laughs> on Thursday night. Because like, then it's just like, well, what are you? What are we doing here? Like, I, I'm trying to get a raise as well too. And then what do they do with Donald? Is he is is he going to be compensated? I mean, if you're compensating Sean McVay because you just won a Super Bowl, I think everybody clearly understands based on how the playoffs went. Aaron Donald's still the best defensive player in football, one of the best players. Period. I wonder what what gets done there because there's conversations about maybe a thirty million dollar a year deal because T.J. Watt's now he the just highest did paid a deal though. Uh, he just did a deal. 2018. What, what? I think 2018. Four, yeah, four years ago. Yeah. yeah. Oh, is that long? Yeah. That long ago. Man, and he was the highest flies. paid then. Now he's like, what, top six, top eight, I think, going into this year. So he he's due for a bump because there's no doubt he's, again, we don't give it to him every year, but he's the best defensive player in the league. Yeah, he definitely is. Hey, listen, if, if they pull it together – Let's see see how long they pull it together for. I mean, we we keep mentioning Odell Beckham. Odell Beckham isn't. There's no way he's going to play next year. I mean, it, not at the point in time that this the injury took place. Yeah, yeah, there's no way he's going to play for whoever he. If they were to bring him back, I think it sounds good in theory and in nature to bring guys back. We don't know how much Von Miller has left. Like Von Miller was dominant at times during his time here with with the Rams. But you could tell he's lost a step. You can tell that he's not moving like like he did for one reason or another. I don't know, but I'm assuming it's because of his body feeling the way that it's feeling. And then there is the cap issues. I mean, they're going to have some challenges in front of them if they're planning on being the same type of team that that was able to get to where they, you know, were ultimately able to to get this this season. So it'd be interesting to see how it all plays out. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific 
on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. So uh, the latest on the uh, Aaron Rodgers front. Well, there's a, there's a, there's a couple of angles that we can take on this. The first is uh, David Bakhtiari is the latest to, to get his contract restructured. There's also a report uh, from Rob Domofsky, uh, who covers the Packers for ESPN, uh, that the expectation is that Devontae Adams is going to get franchise tagged. Um, there's still time to work out a deal, but uh, there's a deadline to get the tag done. So they you know, would try and get that done and then maybe work on a long-term extension with Adams afterwards. Uh, and then there's the uh, Diana Rossini report that came out that uh, Aaron Rodgers wants to be the uh, highest played, uh, highest paid player in football uh, by a wide margin, um, to which Pat McAfee reached out to Aaron Rodgers for confirmation on that, and he called it categorically false. So uh, we've got all sorts of uh, false reports and uh, things that are happening in Green Bay as we wait for Aaron Rodgers to make his decision with the Packers. Interesting. Can I just say this? I think the idea that Aaron Rodgers wanting to be the highest paid player in the NFL, whether it's true or not, I don't really don't care. But doesn't he have the best case of anyone in the NFL? Yes. Given what he's done the past two years? <laughs> yes. Like, when you're the back-to-back league MVP, and I don't care what your age is, because this isn't going to be a, a Patrick Holmes 10-year deal. It's probably wouldn't be more than maybe four, um, depending on how they structure it and if they were going to put on some voidable years like they did with Drew Brees so you could spread out that signing bonus um, and, and wouldn't hit the cap as big. You know, what does it matter if you're paying him $50 million? He's been the best player in the league the past two years. So would you say you have all the rationale and everything to justify that? Is the fact that the guy has been everything you'd hoped he would be the last two years? I, I just I don't even know why it's a story. It's like I I, I just kind of go yeah he like, probably should be right. Why is this a big deal? It's it's very difficult to ever and ever is a long time. It's very difficult to ever be the best at the pro level consecutive years. It's like you're you're probably more likely to get struck by lightning you're probably more likely to win a 400 500 600 million dollar lottery than it is to be in the position that Aaron Rodgers is sitting in today so when I look at what this scenario plays out Green Bay is in a winning situation if they can figure out whatever it is that they figure it out and Aaron Rodgers is still a Green Bay Packer. If Aaron Rodgers, after being a consecutive back-to-back league MVP, is not back with this team, I don't care how you slice it. I don't care how you put makeup on it. I don't care what you you thought it was interpretation-wise. It was a must. It was a necessity. I don't care what you categorize it or deem it as. It's a loss. Green Bay lost, and Green Bay will have to live with whatever it is that comes with that. And and that's the bottom line. If you trade in this scenario, there's a possibility that you can say, okay, we got this amount of, of draft equity out of trading him, and it can justify it. It can justify it, depending on who's willing to give up what they're willing to give. But I still think it's a loss in the end 
if Aaron Rodgers is not a Green Bay Packer next season? Well, listen, I think we're going to get the announcement uh, outside of retirement. Yeah, there's that. I think we're going to get the announcement tomorrow. I I think it's happening tomorrow. That's uh, what Jonas bet on, LeVar. Jonas bet on it. He bet on the under. (laughs) He did. I I just, I I think it's going to go down that way. I just. Wait, what did LeVar take? Yeah, what did you take? I took the over. Yeah, so I don't think it'll be resolved. It, it, yeah, so then it's not going to happen because. Um, yeah, he is good. Lavar is dominated. Yeah, over under. Thank you. Thank over you. Unders. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you, you know, baby it, bro. Isn't it nice when like uh, you know your teammates like uh, give you compliments and stuff? Yeah, isn't yeah. that nice, Lavar? But it's Pretty just awesome. kind of like Aaron Rodgers, well, right? It yeah. just is well, what it is. Yeah. No, it's nice when they give him compliments, but there's some that then become agitators, right? There's some that uh, you know go out and call him selfish, yeah. which yeah. again, which the irony and, and not just to throw this out there. I mean, look, I don't have a bone in the, to pick with the whole thing, but a guy in Greg Jennings who left to go make more money, which is kind of funny, right? Like, wasn't that how he ended up leaving Green Bay? Wasn't that yes. the whole point? Yeah. And he's going to then condemn a player who's back-to-back MVPs, who if even if he wanted to be paid $50 million, which supposedly isn't true. And, that, and by the way, I don't think it is anyway, because he turned down more money before last year. That was widely known. So if it wasn't about money then, why is it about money now? So again, so even if that was the case, it wouldn't matter. But it is hilarious that someone would call out another guy when he did the exact same thing and went elsewhere. So Greg Jennings, anytime I've talked to him, he's been a super nice guy, oh, like cool, su- super cool guy. And and so I don't have anything bad to say about him. But there is something between him and Aaron Rodgers. And I think if if the story is correct, there was a a game. Uh, Greg Jennings last year in Green Bay. There was before a game. Rodgers was having a conversation with Greg Jennings and another team, uh, a player on another team, and he threw something out like, uh, you know, hey, Greg, you should go there next year. And Greg Jennings took offense to that because he thought, well, why wouldn't you want me back here? And so then it just sort of started this weird dynamic. And Greg Jennings has been one of these guys who's been very outspoken. But, like, the whole calling somebody selfish off a report – that we don't even know if it's true. Like, if that's the direction we're taking with this stuff now, what the hell else are we hearing that, that that's not accurate that people are are, are running with and, and calling name or name calling guys based on a false report that Aaron Rodgers has denied himself? I just I, don't I think, buy it. I think the worst part about it is when you have guys who are former teammates that get credibility that have no credibility <laughs> with them. That's exactly what I was about to say. Like, that's what burns me about it is when you're talking about someone who they had a fractured relationship at the end, there's no relationship there now, and yet he's going to be the one that comes out and speaks and makes news. But that's how media works. We all know that. If, if something happens with a team, and that has been something that I've always tried to maintain and steer clear of, is when something happens, it's like when Marty Schottenheimer passed away, everybody was calling, can we do an interview? Can we do an interview? Da-da-da, this, that, and the other. And they, you know... The moment somebody it has some type of a connection or a relation to whatever it is that's the biggest story that's out there, if they're an analyst, if they're if they're in media, whatever it may be, that's who the media is going after to have a, a an interesting, uh, you know, com- comment or or interview about what's taking place because we seem to think that they you know they know more than than what everybody else does. So in this case, I mean, he gave his opinion, and that's I'll say, you know, in media, that's also a part of it, especially depending on what type of media you're in. The forum that he's in uh, when he was on First Things First um, is it's opinion driven, 
and and you know he can have his opinion. Well, how would you um, know? Have you been on that show before? Yeah, anything? yeah, oh. and I've worked with Greg extensively. He's like, a good I, dude. He is a good dude, and he's a solid dude. And 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 for what it's worth, that was his take on it. That's his take on it, and I just think that that's kind of you know how it works. But but with that being said, you know I I kind of feel like. Maybe sometimes we get a little caught up, and and sometimes the opinion may be a little bit too strong, and it can be looked at as there there might have been something personal connected to that, you know. And I debated Greg on on Aaron Rodgers in terms of going going back to Green Bay versus leaving. And although I feel like my reasoning is sound for why I believe he'll return to the Green Bay Packers, and I've maintained that from day one. Is 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 that I'm now in position where I can't really debate Greg Jennings um, on it too much because he's a former teammate. So if, if whatever he uses, I don't have as intimate knowledge of the workings inside the building as he may have, even if it's inundated with or or it's outdated by new hires and new people. It's still a team he played for. And that makes it difficult. I, I, I get that, but you know how this works. I mean, it, it ends up being sometimes you get too close to a situation or there's too many emotions involved, so it clouds your thinking and judgment, right? That's why consultants exist. Because sometimes when you got people working within a company, they get so fixated on certain things or, or can't make the right business move, and they need someone coming in who's got a fresh set of eyes who's got no emotions connected at all. And they just come in and say, this is how I see it. This is what you need to do in order to be profitable or have success. And, and that's, again, I think sometimes people just get too close, or as you said, they let some of their, their personal vendettas or motivations behind it you know, fuel some of what they're actually saying. Yeah. The, the idea that Rodgers, and, and I've never met Aaron Rodgers, so I have no idea if he's a good guy or not. I know Brady has. I, I've never met him. I've but never met him. The, the, idea, well, the idea that he's, you know, selfish or not a good guy or some of the other conversations that have been out there, like the fact that his teammates, guys like Randall Cobb, Devontae Adams, uh, and, and guys close to him speak up as much as they do about how good of a dude he is tells me we majority of people have no idea what the hell they're talking about like they're not around him they're not in that building they have no no not one teammate came out and aired him out for his stance on COVID. Not one, or being vaccinated or immunized. Not one guy, even though everybody on the outside said, oh, it's selfish, he's putting his team at risk, what if they lose a playoff game because of him? Like, all that, not one person within that organization, and you knew they all they all knew what his status was, not one guy came out and buried him, and that told me everything I needed to know about him. Okay, so. let me ask you this question. All right. Did you guys all see the suit he was wearing in the NFL honors? Yes. Yeah, man. All right. Does that look like a man who's trying to flaunt with a bunch of money and stuff like that when you're wearing that sort of suit out there? Now, was it, it, looked was it corduroy? Yeah. I, it was something comfortable. Hey, I, I, I would have fallen boots? asleep. What, what cologne do you think Stetson. he used? Bingo. Yes, That's right. Yes. Come on. Yes. That's right. yes. All the way. Bet your ass it was Stetson. It's the first thing I thought of. I was like, that looks yeah. like somebody who sprayed Stetson on. In fact, yeah. not only did he spray it, he sprayed it in the air and did a pirouette into the Stetson before he walked on stage. Yeah. All he needed was a brooch. Can I be real about real. Stetson? Because we actually used it as a prop on our Saturday college pregame show, the big noon kickoff and all that. Uh, I opened that thing up because I hadn't spelled Stetson in a long time. Like, what the, I was hell? Just what the like, hell is this? This is pungent. Yeah. Like, if you're wearing that, 
I, I, I'm not going to disrespect it in any way. You deal with but, cows and, and horses. Well, and I was going to say, people are going to notice, and they're going to be able to smell you. Like, whatever it is you're trying to cover up, you will cover that smell up with Stetson. Yeah. That cologne, I Our, promise you. A lot you. of alcohol. If they, if you, they lit a match, you, 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 might, fire. you might yeah. catch on fire. Are you guys yeah. cologne people? Like, do you spray yes. cologne? I do, too. And, yes. and I think it's kind of outdated because everybody does the body spray approach. I'm um, not one of those. I, I, use, I use roll-ons, actually. Roll-on roll on co- cologne? Yeah. What? It's what? it's more like oils. It's like scented oh, oils. Oh, okay. I'm like a sensual oils type oh. dude. I feel like the... It's the, very Pittsburgh of you. It's, it's kind of like <laughs> next level, like bougie, actually. It is. It is. No, yeah. it is. But, it, but, but he is. He did just take a shot. He and, did. And, he and did. I will co sign. Hey, I will co sign on that one because that is so Come far on, away Lamar. from your roots, dude. Come yeah. on, man. I know. Essential oils. A, yeah. a guy who ran yeah. away from, uh, from a dog. A guy who ran away from a dog. And, and that's how you out. knew that's you could play football. That was nice. And you're using roll on cologne. Pitbull like that, too. Come on, man. Yeah, man. Dude, it works what very we well. It works very well, too. I don't doubt that, but, like, what are we doing right now? I'm just telling you, the way it comes off of your body when you're moving around. <laughs> let's do around, some curls during the break. <laughs> yeah. let's, let's do some curls yeah. and push-ups. Let's yeah. Yeah. I'm just yeah. trying to put you guys up on a little game here, man. Like, you, you want your chick to be into you a little bit more? Roll it on, bro. Oh, no, it's about the pheromones is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. I'm just telling you. All right, Listen well, to your boy. We need a. I think we need. Got to have all the secrets. Look, Berto's <laughs> back there. Like, I'm getting a roll on today. Well, I, I can already tell by the looks on yeah. uh, him and Lee's face. Yeah. Somebody's going to need something Lee, to spray. Lee's in that totally studio. not into that. Lee, Lee is more into like the grimy, funky type deal. You know, <laughs> yeah, he is. He wants to smell like grass and, well, and dirt and stuff. Well, like there's that. certain people that just don't like to put anything on. They just like their smell. They, they just, just like to keep it weird. grimy. That's like man. Matthew McConaughey, right? Yeah, 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 is that, yeah it was yeah. him. Yeah, that was the uh, no deodorant, none of that stuff. I don't know about that. Yeah. He's down there in Austin, Texas, running around trying to bring the Longhorns back. Which I, hey, are they back? Are they back? Well, of course. It's a new year. No, no that's on. right. No, yeah, it's still up for debate. Sweating, acting like he didn't smell. Yeah. Um, it is. Uh, <laughs> but, but you know what? Evo. But that's he's created that Stetson approach. Like, if you smell Matthew McConaughey. You expected that and you anticipated it. And that's and that's kind of what McVeigh did as well. You know, he's he's generated the the idea that I could stay or leave. And okay, if he leaves, then you were expecting it. Hold on a second. Roberto, did you add something to the chamber on your fart board? Nah. Is that a new one? Yeah, I've used that one. You have? Let's hear it again. That one sounded different. I didn't hear it. Let's hear it. <laughs> sounds wet so at the end. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's more the, airy. That's your go-to. That's the, more, the other one had more to it. There was more substance yeah. to that. Oh my god! <laughs> Just yeah. uh, right. how, how many does he have? <laughs> yeah, how many you got? Roberto, how many? Uh, two. Oh. That's oh. it? Yeah, it is. I would have thought there's like six. Yeah, there's more there. Yeah. But I, I always go to the, the two that I have. Oh, go, go to man. that first one again. It had a little bottom to it. <laughs> You ain't got it anymore. Where is it? Where is it? Yeah. Where is it? <laughs> yeah, that one. That one is more. Yeah. That can I, can I tell you exactly what that was? Oh, my God. That, picture this. That is a, a long day at work. <laughs> yes, all right. It is. And you, you had some. 
you had a spicy Italian <laughs> sub oh, at work, oh, right? Man. You get home, you crap crap open a, a few cold ones, oh. you put on the game, and now you've got some really nice <laughs> yeah. spicy buffalo wings, oh. and you start eating those. And then here's the thing: you pass out on the couch. <laughs> All right, game's over. You wake up around oh, I don't know eleven thirty, and that's when that sound comes out. Yeah, that's how that works. <laughs> that one to me says there's action that is immediately following that. That other one, now go to the first one. That's more offensive. That's yeah. offensive to the room. Yeah. That <laughs> one's going to get into the air. It's, people are going to be like, what's going on? I'm, I'm not comfortable with the way it's smelling in here. But that that, yeah. that other one, that it, there's action that and, has and, to follow and, that. And, and followed by a, a fast walk to the restroom yes. because you're not yes. quite sure if you can keep what you have on any Clinching. longer after that. Yeah. You're yeah. Bro, that's yep. like shower oh, action. <laughs> you got to shower yeah. after that. Definitely. It's ready to go down. Uh, it's two literally. pros and a cup of joe. Uh, literally uh, 12-year-olds mm. mm. doing a sports talk mm. radio show. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Hey, I'm Doug Gottlieb. The podcast is called All Ball. We usually talk all basketball all the time, but it's more about the stories about what made these people love their sport and all the interesting interactions along the way. We talk to coaches. We talk to players. We tell you stories. You download it. You listen to it. I think you'll like it. Listen to All Ball with Doug Gottlieb on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Here's the uh, the latest on the uh, high-paid broadcasters using uh, Amazon as leverage front. Uh, Kirk Herbstreet, uh, this report out from uh, Andrew Marchand of the uh, New York Post, uh, says that uh, he is getting some interest from Amazon to do Thursday Night Football. Now, they uh, reportedly were going to meet with Sean McVay. We talked about that last hour. Five years, $100 million on the table. Uh, Troy Aikman, I know there was conversations. Maybe they would kick the tires on that. Aikman looks like he's headed to Monday Night Football. Although that hasn't been made official. I don't even think Aikman's uh, said anything official on that front. But now we got Kirk Herbstreet, the longtime lead analyst for college football for ESPN. And there is some conversation that's happening that maybe he would still do college football for ESPN and do uh, Thursday Night Football at Amazon. Why does it feel like this isn't going to be the last time that we hear of uh, a broadcaster kicking the tires on a potential deal with Amazon trying to get a better deal from his uh, current employer? feels like we're heading in that well, direction. Hold on for a second. How many college football head coaches got extensions and paydays off LSU and USC <laughs> openings this past. I mean, it's the same thing, is it not? Yes. Like, uh, remember when I, Nick Saban was uh, seriously considering the uh, the Texas job years ago? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. There was that too. Yeah. There's that. Mm, yeah. yeah. I just um, there's I, there's a number of ways of unpacking this. The first, I would begin by saying, what's taken the NFL or that level so long to now give him give Kirk Herbstreit a shot? He's been one of the best game analyst analysts in college football forever, and it's it gets to a point. I think when you truly make it as a broadcaster as an analyst, people recognize you as that. And not as an athlete. Now, it's incredibly difficult to do when you're someone like Troy Aikman, who won three Super Bowls, he played for a huge brand, and he's had a ton of success. But you get to a point where people recognize him as, oh, that's the guy that calls the game. He does a really good job. Like, no one knows Kirk Herbstreet's backstory in football, probably for the younger generation. 
and, and it doesn't matter because he does a tremendous job at what he does. And, and I think, and this is, again, not disrespectful to you know, Chris Collinsworth or anyone else. Chris Collinsworth played in a Super Bowl. How many kids, if you polled today and you asked them about the Sunday Night Football career, have any idea about Chris Collinsworth's career, which was a good NFL career? N- not many. And so I look at it and go, it was only a matter of time before ESPN Disney made a move like this with Herb Street to Monday Night Football or someone else came after Kirk Herb Street. So uh, kudos to him because he's done a tremendous job, worked his tail off doing you know, their pregame show, games, flying around all the time. And he really did build it up like, the, the, like I want to say the low-key way. Like I, when I was in high school, there was literally a Flanagan's in Columbus, Ohio, really in Dublin, Ohio, <laughs> off Sawmill Road. Is that an I Irish to, establishment, Brady? It is. Oh, it okay. has to be an Weird. Irish establishment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I'll, oh, I'm not going to get into too many stories <laughs> there. Not, not to do with me, but I remember being taken there as, as a young kid with a, uh, a family member who you know, may or may not have been you know, dating two women at one time, and I was helping to yeah. – that that's a whole other story. Oh, but wow. I, I digress. Oh. I digress. You know, I, was I used to – I, well, I'll tell you that on <laughs> next break. Because uh, I'll, I'll end up airing you out by accident. <laughs> wow, well, there's, there's I'll come entire one week. day and, then, you know, I'm sorry. But go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Um, so I used to go see Kirk Herbstreet. This is back in like 2000, 2001. He would, they would give away this, this weekly award, and I happened to win it a number of times. So I, I, I saw him so often from that that I got to have a close relationship with him. At that point in time, he was doing local radio for the Columbus ESPN affiliate, and then he was starting to kind of climb up as, as a game man, so as an announcer. And then, uh, like a few years later, he's on game day. And then after that, he all of a sudden is, is the number one guy. I mean, it was literally a, a meteoric rise over like six years, seven years. And, and I remember like him calling me before games in college to get like some inside scoops on it because we had that sort of relationship. So it's just it's it's incredible to see his rise and what he's been able to build. It's more surprising to me that then over that span of time, ESPN's gotten to the point where they've maybe taken him for granted. And he's been well compensated. But just the fact to say that, well, he didn't have an NFL career. So he can't, you know, he can't call NFL games, which is a and there's some people who feel that way and there's some people who easier. don't. I can't stand that. It's actually easier to call a pro I, game than there is to call a college game. I 100% agree, but the problem is the executives who make these decisions. Yeah. They will sit there and say, well, he doesn't have the credibility on his resume. Right. Which is complete BS because if the, how many people do we know in our lives who were great at teaching something but couldn't do it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that happens all the time. Like, there's coach. I had a great coach. Never played. Great coach, though. Could teach you all sorts of things about the game and scheme, but he couldn't play. He couldn't physically do it. I mean, that happens all the time. So I think this is an instance where I'm, I'm glad Amazon's coming after him. I'm glad we'll get another, you know, to me, one of the best in the business to do it. But it, the other thing is he's done it the right way. And yeah, the unfortunate part is in order to get the money up, like Romo and what Troy Aikman's reportedly going to make, he almost would have to do, you know, Thursday Night Football and maybe this, you know, with, with, with Amazon or, or uh, excuse me, and, and college football on Saturdays. Maybe not. Like, I don't know if ESPN will let him do that, but either way, good for Kirk Herbstreet. Yeah. I'm a big Kirk Her- Herbstreet fan, uh, have been for a long time. Um, I, I built a relationship and a rapport with him when I was playing in college, and um, he's always been a solid dude, always has been a guy who, you know, the one thing that I look for, when I'm listening to to guys who are um, 
call guys is are they improving? You know, if they, they start off as a studio person and they end up calling games or even just on the studio, you know, seats, are they improving? You know, I watch I watch the big noon show. I'm look who's on the who's on the panel, who's improving. Our guy Matt Liner. Yeah, right? Yeah. Are they improving? And and to <laughs> me, that's how I base and judge, you know, success of of what somebody's doing. And Kirk Herbstreet has always continued to, from my estimation, improve in terms of delivery, in terms of energy and confidence. And it's very difficult to make things feel comfortable and easy. Um, comprehensible, uh, entertaining, and and not intrusive at the same time. You, when you do what what it is that we do in media, there are so many so many elements that you have to balance out in order to equal a recipe of entertainment success and and add longevity to that. And Kirk Herbstreet has been one of those. You know, he's been a he's been a model citizen in terms of examples of how you are supposed to go about your business. I mean, there aren't I can't think of anybody who would have anything really bad to say no. about Kirk Herbstreet. Yeah, you know, his I, reputation is impeccable. The the the, the part that Brady well, brought up. That I mean, I, I don't know if some you know of those signs out there on game day would say otherwise, but that's yeah. that's neither here nor there. Yeah, well, you know, those are uh, you know <laughs> that's al- a little, alcoholics little, yeah. dressed up as college football fans. A little different uh, motivation from uh, them. Now, here's <laughs> the one thing Brady brought up that I totally agree with, and I've never understood it. This idea that you you had to have been a great player, had this long career to be the, to be hired as an analyst. I, I totally disagree. I think that's one of the dumbest things out there. And and does anybody remember Bill Belichick's NFL career as a player? Yeah, I don't either. Did he play? Uh, I know, oh. no. But so so the idea that you've got to have this this resume as a player in the league in order to be considered a solid analyst, I, I just think is so so antiquated. It doesn't make sense. And if Kirk Herbstreit didn't have a career, and executives were delaying on giving him an opportunity to call NFL games because he didn't have a career. What does that matter? He still knows football. All right. A lot of there's a lot of reasons why a guy didn't have a successful NFL career. It could have been injuries. It could have been situation. It could have been all sorts of things. But it doesn't mean that all of a sudden we disqualify him from being an analyst but or being hired for very, the gig. He's had a very, very, very successful career. Yeah. Branded to college. And I think that that may work more against him even more so than the experience as the player. I think that when you look at his brand, he's on brand with college football. And I think right. that sometimes you run the risk of that not trans translating into calling pro games. Look, Gus Johnson. He's been doing it for a long time. Gus Johnson's one of the best in the business. Uh, when Gus Johnson's got one of those voices, when when Gus Johnson and Joel Clatter on the call, it feels like a big game. There's yep. a big game, just like Joe yep. Buck. When when Gus but, Johnson but is... But Gus is branded to other things. Like, he's done soccer. He's done the yeah, Olympics. But, That's, but Kirk Herbstreit is... When you think Kirk Herbstreit, you think college football that's the first yeah. and only but thing you guys is college he's, sports and when he does nfl games i'm a fan yeah. of it again he, it's it's go ahead go ahead brady go no, ahead. no i i understand what you're saying I, I think the times i've watched them do nfl games because they have I, I, don't, I don't notice it as much like I, I think i relate him more to just football like like when i hear him i think more football i, I think he's been in college for so long and the way espn has propped him up on a platform for so long it's become that and maybe that's honestly hurt him in this whole conversation. It does. 
because they've, they've put him in this corner and they're like, nope, nope, you can't come out. That's, that's where you have to stay. You have to, you have to be our college football guy. And I, if I'm him, I'm probably frustrated because I'm like, dude, I'm one of the best in this business. And I know I helped you build this, but I, I, I can do other things or I should be compensated more for all the work I'm putting in. You said something earlier. You said a hey, broadcast and NFL games easier than college. Yeah. And I think that's what will make this much easier for him moving forward if he and does Dean take this job. Because, look, I don't, I don't want people to be misconstrued with as far as all what goes into it and, and, and calling games easier one level or the other. When, when you say it's easier in the NFL, what you're saying is there's less there's teams. Less, yeah, you less know players. the players. Right. It's easier to find definitive stats and different things. I mean, people probably don't realize this. There are some schools where they'll send you their official notes they will go back and change stats. Oh. So they'll keep their own stats versus what's actually out there in other college football databases. No. I swear to you. So, like, you'll have a difference in, like, a tackle here or there or a half sack versus a sack. And so, and so you get these little nuances, like, does he have 11 and a half sacks this year or 12? Like, it's, it's little things like that. You have multiple jersey numbers. Okay, so you can have the same number on offense and defense. I mean, you got guys sometimes who have to put on a jersey with no name on the back because they've got got to wear that just to be out there for special teams, and they put on their normal jersey for offense or defense. So you have all these things and these bigger rosters, and you're talking about young players who are coming from high school, which is even less information out there, as opposed to the NFL, which you have almost too much information. Like, you get to an NFL game, and you watch it, and you go, I have so much stuff I can say, but I don't, I don't want to get in the way of what's a great game and people at home who just want to have a beer and watch a game. You know, so in that sense, and it's way more structured, too. The game's quicker. Like, that's what we're talking about. It's not – and by the way, you get access to all the coaches and everyone. In, in college, it's like, if Jim Harbaugh's having a bad day, guess what? You're, you're lucky to get a conference call, depending on if he makes his <laughs> schedule available for you. You know? That's how that works. So, in that sense, that's what I think maybe LeVar is speaking to, or at least I can speak to and say, it's easier with the NFL because yeah. you don't have as many restrictions in the access and the game flow and all that stuff. That's right. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. 